This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com slash jobber to receive 20% off your first six months. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 235, entitled Interview with Kevin Frost from Fall River Lawn Care. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for those questions, the comments, the feedback that you guys have been sending through, and those all-important iTunes reviews, I really do appreciate it. This past week, I got a couple of really nice email messages from people, uh, and uh, I just wanted to uh, acknowledge those. Um, The first one... Uh, says, uh, you know, they're, I'm not going to read the whole emails because they're quite long and they ask some other questions and stuff. Uh, but uh, basically, one of them opens with, uh, hey, Julio, first of all, I wanted to thank you for uh, the great information you have provided to me and many others. Each and every episode is enjoyable, entertaining, engaging, and insightful. No matter the subject, you make it interesting and relatable. Basically, I wouldn't have been able to start my business without you. So that's just like, what can I say about that? That's just an awesome, uh, you know, testament uh, to me and uh, sort of uh, just reiterates, uh, you know, that everything that I've been doing uh, the past five years to help you guys out, uh, you know, is uh, is actually doing that, that you guys are taking uh, real value from the episodes and, uh, you know, real actionable content uh, and being able to apply it to your own businesses. I've said before in videos and stuff, you know, take my information with a grain of salt. All I share is what has truly worked for me in my lawn care business, the lessons that I've learned, the things that I've tried. And, uh, you know, there's no guarantee, of course, that you doing what I say or following what I do is going to give you the same result. Of course, there's different, um, you know, factors that weigh in with areas and economies and all sorts of, uh, uh, weather and, and growing seasons and all that sort of stuff. But generally, I think, um, you know, the content, uh, is coming, um, you know, from a place, um, of just being honest and, just true. Like if you, you try it, um, you're going to get some sort of, um, return on that uh, effort. Uh, whether it's, um, you know, getting the full blown results that I've gotten, um, or, you know, partial results or, or seeing it uh, from a different perspective and maybe it triggering an idea to even do it better. Uh, so, you know, that's uh, the messages like that are just awesome. And, and hearing those messages on a weekly basis and from meeting guys at GIE and things like that, and having that same sort of, um, sentiment across all the conversations that people came up to me, uh, and, and told me it's just really, really awesome. 
the other message uh, was similar as well. Uh, goes into a few questions and then he says uh, towards the end, uh, I've been listening to your podcast and watching your YouTube videos uh, for over a year, got inspired and jumped right in, ready for spring 2020. Again, absolutely awesome that this person is, uh, you know, consuming the content and feeling inspired enough by it that they're launching a lawn care business. Like, what can you say about that? That's absolutely awesome. So thank you very much uh, to all you guys uh, that, uh, you know, reach out to me and let me know. Uh, how you feel about the podcast. I really uh, do appreciate it. And the, obviously the YouTube videos and, and the content that I create, I've got a whole bunch of stuff in store for you guys this year uh, in uh, as far as content creation goes. Uh, so uh, look forward uh, to that. Speaking of uh, looking forward uh, to things, I also wanted to uh, mention how absolutely pumped up, amped up, whatever you want to call it about this podcast, uh, is for 2020. Um, you know, this year I've been doing this for five years and it's been a, a very, you know, solitary, uh, activity for me. And, uh, most of the times I felt very isolated, uh, just kind of being from Canada, being, you know, on the West coast, kind of in the corner, um, you know, being Pacific standard time where we're like three hours behind and just sort of, uh, you know, uh, that sort of thing. And it's, uh, and all the attention really being on, uh, YouTube, uh, creators and, and that sort of stuff. And I really feel uh, this year that like I've called it, you know, uh, 2020 is like the year of the podcast. I really, truly feel it with that, um, with the guys that have been, uh, starting podcasts and that sort of stuff. And, and two of the guys, notably, uh, Paul Jamison with the green industry podcast and, um, Brian's lawn maintenance. Uh, I'm not going to reveal the name of his podcast yet. Cause I'll wait for him to launch it. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's launching his podcast and, you know, we've just been, able to, you know, constantly chat together. We're texting each other. Um, we're messaging each other, phoning each other on the phone, the three of us and bouncing ideas off of each other and just sharing, um, so many things. Um, and it's just so inspiring. Uh, you know, it's uh, talking to those guys who are, you know, uh, just starting out their podcasts. Paul's been doing it uh, for this year. Uh, uh, Brian just starting out, but they have so many great ideas and just so inspiring to me um, that it, it just makes me want to take my podcast to the next level, just to sort of amp up what I've been doing, you know, a hundred X and just, uh, it, it's just awesome. We're just feeding off of each other and just, uh, you know, really uh, collaborating and helping each other out. And, uh, it's great. Uh, like I said, if, for the first time in five years, um, it feels like I'm not so isolated anymore that I've got people that I can, uh, talk to about, you know, the behind the scenes sort of stuff. And, uh, it's just uh, really, really great. So, uh, look forward to, uh, changes to come with this podcast, uh, this year as I try to, uh, constantly, um, you know, improve it, make it better. And, uh, it's going to be a, a, an exciting year. I can, uh, tell you that. Uh, so, um, this week, uh, we've got another, uh, interview episode, uh, with, uh, Kevin Frost from Fall River Lawn Care. Kevin is one of the, 
you know, well-known uh, people in the lawn care community online with his YouTube channel, known for his uh, famous sunglasses uh, that he wears in a lot of his videos. Um, he's been doing a lot of uh, content uh, together with uh, Blake Hawthorne lately of It's His Turf. And uh, Kevin is one of the originals that I uh, interviewed when I first, uh, you know, got over my um, shyness, so to speak. And uh, because of you guys urging me on the comments and questions that I would get from you guys saying, can you do interviews? Can you do interviews? I never planned on ever doing interviews uh, with the podcast. And it was you guys giving me the feedback that you wanted interviews that, um, you know, let me finally say, you know, what, I'm going to give this a try because that's what they, uh, they want me to try out. So uh, thank you to all you guys for that. And uh, Kevin was one of the originals that uh, I interviewed that very first year that I started doing interviews. So uh, I love doing episodes like this where I can kind of uh, uh, reach back and uh, talk to uh, a person uh, on the podcast, sort of touch base again, like I have with Brian's Lawn Maintenance over the years, and uh, just kind of see uh, what's been happening. So uh, we'll get into that uh, in its entirety. Uh, but first, it's time for this week's Jobber Minute. So for this week's Jobber Minute, what is the best way to avoid uh, last minute cancellations? Julio, great question. I mean, we've all been there where we've been canceled on. And although it's inevitable, you can avoid this frustration of it all. And the best way to do this is to send appointment reminders before each visit. And Jobber makes this really, really easy with automated appointment reminders that you can customize and schedule ahead of time. So let's say you want to send an email one week before the visit, then maybe a text message the day before. No problem. Set it up in Jobber and it does it automatically so you don't need to send reminders to yourself or sit down and write a new message every time. It's a great way to avoid those cancellations and really keep your customers happy and earning that repeat business. Wow, Marie, what a great feature for Jobber to have built in, uh, to be able to automatically schedule reminders uh, to be sent out to your clients is fantastic. I can see a whole bunch of uses for that, especially for uh, clients with dogs, uh, where you may want to send out a message each week uh, regularly to remind them that you're there the next day and to make sure that, that all that animal waste is picked up uh, prior to your arrival. So I can just see a whole bunch of uh, absolute uh, awesome uses and scenarios where that would come in handy. So hey, Lawn Care Nation, if you want to find out more about Jobber and what Jobber can do for you and your lawn care business, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Jobber and start a free trial and get 20% off your first six months. So I'm just going to play the podcast announcements and we'll get into this week's episode in its entirety right after this. So stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to LawnCareBusinessSuccess.com forward slash contact. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at Lawn Care Business Success. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do, so I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and two free audiobooks of your choice. There's no long-term commitments, and you can cancel any time. 
And get this, even if you cancel during your free trial period, you still get to keep the two free audiobooks. It's a great way to try the service and to see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. Okay, so I'd like to welcome Kevin Frost from Fall River Lawn Care back to the show. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? It's going good. How are you today? I'm doing really, really good. Thank you very much again for uh, coming onto the podcast for a second time. It's been a minute since uh, we've uh, uh, did our first uh, episode together. I think it's uh, 2017 or so that we did that first episode. So yeah, it's been been absolutely crazy. So maybe uh, start out uh, by telling us a little bit about yourself uh, and your business for those of uh, the audience that don't know who you are. Well, I Julio said, my name is Kevin Frost, and uh, I own Fall River Lawn and Landscape. I'm out of uh, Arkansas, Central Arkansas. Uh, I've been running this business for about five years at this point, and uh, I actually purchased a existing business and jumped into lawn care kind of that way. I uh, worked in a uh, a corporate job for about ten years before I got started with lawn care. Uh, my job got outsourced and I lost my job. And that's whenever I kind of jumped in with two feet on uh, lawn care at that point. Awesome. Very, very cool. So you mentioned there, uh, and we talked a lot about that in the first uh, episode that we recorded uh, those years ago about, um, and I think it was actually the focus of that episode was buying uh, a a business rather than starting from scratch. Um, so maybe um, fill people in briefly on that sort of decision process of why uh, at that time you decided to uh, buy somebody else's business uh, rather than starting your own. Uh, at the time, I had already kind of started doing a little bit of lawn care, just kind of testing the waters, wasn't really a legitimate business at all. And then uh, the winter came, I had that time off. And at that point, it was, I was actually looking for lawn care equipment. I wanted to step up to a riding mower of some sort and not just have a push mower. So I was going to invest in equipment and ended up finding this company for sale in my town on uh, Craigslist. And I contacted the guy, started talking to him about it a little bit. And uh, we went back and forth, negotiated on price and uh settled on a price and i ended up really buying the company for the equipment oh okay very cool so um at this point now being three years since we've talked uh, on the podcast has there been anything that you think you would have done differently in that decision of buying um that uh, business do you think you would have been better off maybe starting your own brand and name or any regrets uh, along the way with that uh you know at first i I, I kind of went back and forth. I wanted to change the name whenever I bought it, kind of make it my own. Mm-hmm. And I, I chose not to because there was already an established website and things like, like that. So I just kind of ran with it. Uh, eventually, I uh, redid the logo and it made it kind of feel a little more like mine at that point. Okay. But uh, looking back on it, uh, because I negotiated it down because his con his uh, customers did not have contracts uh, and I wasn't willing to pay him for those customers because they didn't have contracts. Mm -hmm. I ended up negotiating it down to the price of just the equipment and and I walked away with like eight customers or so out of Mm -hmm. the 20 he said he had. 
Uh, so I was really glad that I didn't pay for those customers because a lot of them did stay. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I don't really have any regrets doing it that way because of the fact that I negotiated it down. If I had paid for those customers and I only ended up with eight, I think then I would have had some regrets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a tough uh, scenario to be in when you're buying because um, that's what you'll see a lot of times is businesses for sale and they're focusing on those customers. But like you said, if there's no contracts, then there's really no guarantee that that customer um, will stay with you. Even if um, there is a contract, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, depending on the time of year and stuff like that, if you're midway through the season, that customer may just not like your personality or, or anything and be like, you know, I'm not happy with this person or, or whatever. People get very comfortable with um, the service provider that they have at times. So there's no guarantee. So it's very smart um, that you, uh, you know, sort of uh, got to negotiate it based on equipment uh, without those uh, clients. I've heard of others doing similar where they um, basically, um, paid half of the business up front and then negotiated where they did payments for the rest based on how many customers would be left at the end of like say the first season, uh, how many stuck around and, and kind of protected themselves that way too. Lots of different ways, but uh, a very uh, interesting process. So I've been watching your progress over the last few years and like any good entrepreneur, you have uh, been constantly adjusting, changing and modifying the way you do business. Um, and uh, along uh, that road came a, a whole bunch of things that you've tried. Um, so you went to at one time you started um, with your truck and uh, the in, enclosed trailer that you had a small enclosed trailer. Um, and then you went to an open trailer. So what was the, um, and then you've since changed from that too. So let's start with the, uh, the open trailer. What was the, the thought process behind, uh, uh, that part of it? You know, I, I had used that enclosed trailer for several years. I think for like my first two years, something mm -hmm. like that. I used that and it is a small enclosed trailer. So it was like I had three mowers jam-packed in there, all my weed eaters, blowers, all those things. And there was no moving around in that trailer. You had mm -hmm. to, you know, shift mowers around, take things out to get around. So at that point, I was trying to figure out what did I want to do trailer-wise to get something bigger. And mm -hmm. uh, I kind of went back and forth. I talked to a lot of people, watched a lot of YouTube videos and uh, saw those high side landscape trailers. And uh, more or less, uh, one of them kind of came around where a guy kind of called me and said, hey, I need to get rid of this trailer. And he wanted, I don't know, I think I paid like 2,300 bucks, something like that for it. It was pretty cheap. And uh, so I just kind of jumped on it real quick and uh, bought it and made that transition to that open trailer with the high sides. Mm -hmm. and uh, started trying that out and then whenever it came to switching to the box truck yep. I mean it was kind of the same thing I okay. was on YouTube or Instagram and Alex over at Nickens Lawn and Landscape mm -hmm. uh, did a post that he was going to sell his box truck and like I okay. instantly hit him up and was like how much are you looking to get for it you know mm -hmm. to see if it was in in my price range something yeah, yeah, yeah. I could go for and I had 
already been thinking about the fact that as I get employees, I'm going to need another vehicle because mm -hmm. I don't want them driving my truck that I also use for personal use. Yeah, yeah. I want to be able to go out and bid jobs while they're mm -hmm. off working. So I knew I was going to have to buy another truck anyway. And uh, like I said, his box truck became available, uh, made a couple of phone calls to Alex and talked to him about it a little bit. Ended up flying up to uh, St. Louis. He picked me up from the hotel or picked me up from the airport. Uh, let me stay at his house for a night or two. And then I just drove that box truck back. And oh, cool. like, again, it was just that opportunity came up mm -hmm. to try something a little different. And uh, that's whenever I just kind of jumped. And I ended up selling that uh, high side open trailer after mm -hmm. I got the box truck because it sat at my house for like a couple of months and I never used it. So I kind of held on to it wondering if I would go back and forth, but I never did. So I ended up letting it go. I actually still have the enclosed trailer. That's the original trailer the original? of the company. Yeah. And uh, it's going it, to, it's getting transitioned into being a hardscape trailer at this point. Okay, very cool. So you've got a pretty unique insight then in the fact that you've tried, um, you know, a box or enclosed trailer, you've had an open trailer, you're using a box truck now. Um, so maybe share some experience uh, with that and what you've learned from that is any, is it just depend on how your business is structured in what uh, trailer would work best for somebody say starting out um, or what type of vehicle in that sense um, or does it matter you know just the fact that you just wanted something bigger and stuff maybe what are some of the advantages and things that you've learned uh, between each of those types of uh, setups right there's uh, kind of pros and cons to all of them uh, I mean, you can, you can nitpick each one apart, mm -hmm. you know, an open or an enclosed trailer is just like having the box truck. It, it, you know, whenever you're talking about carrying limbs and things like that, you don't really have a lot of storage for your waste. Or mm -hmm. if you wanted to go get mulch in your trailer, it, it's almost impossible to do it with those types of vehicles. Um, and then the downside with the box truck is if, your truck goes down it's your truck and trailer going down mm -hmm. at that point you know mm -hmm. you can't just go grab another vehicle and still have all your equipment with you which you would have with a trailer and i mean the open trailer you know there's the positives of you can go get mulch in that you do have that extra room to carry all your waste so pros and cons to all of them and me personally i like the enclosed type mm -hmm. either the box truck or trailer uh, just for the sheer fact that it protects my equipment. It's that out of sight, out of mind thing mm -hmm. where once I shut that thing up, people don't know really what's in it. So they, you know, theft wise, you know, I feel like it deters people just that little bit more. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Very, very cool. Now you've also, uh, over the past few years, uh, here on social media, um, been, uh, you know, continuing your YouTube channel and working on that and, uh, testing out new equipment and stuff and working with brands and a very cool thing uh, that I saw, uh, with you was, uh, you being able to, or moving, 
uh, to a new house uh, with a huge amount of uh, property versus your other house uh, and basically uh, you know a lot more testing ground uh, that you could uh, use uh, uh, for uh, that equipment so um, maybe speak a little bit about that how that uh, experience has been uh, kind of going out uh, into the sticks and getting a, you know, a bigger uh, a piece <laughs> of land there that's actually been like a dream for my wife and I for a long time since uh, we've been together. We we lived in a neighborhood and it was very tight, houses on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, even before we had the lawn care business, it was something we wanted is to have a little bit of land, have a little bit more space and that kind of thing. And it's something, you know, we saved for. Uh, we actually received a little bit of inheritance and then uh, with that, you know, it gave us that ability to mm-hmm. take that step to invest that inheritance into a house. And then the house that we were living in, I had owned for, uh, I think, 13 plus years. So I had quite a bit of equity in it. So it was like just that perfect storm of everything we needed was in place to be able to step off and buy that equity you know, that nicer piece of land and the bigger house. Okay. Very cool. So in all of those transitions, uh, another um, thing that I saw you do that I also see come up for a lot of lawn care businesses is the uh, almost not so much stepping away from doing lawn care, but starting to expand your skills into other avenues. Um, and this was uh, very evident with you. You started to do a lot more uh, dirt type work. Um, you purchased a, a skid steer. You were doing uh, driveways and stuff like that, uh, redoing the gravel driveways and, and things. So what was your um, thought process with that as far as you know, because you had a nice, tidy, uh, lawn care only type business. Um, so why did you want to sort of step out of that, that comfort zone? Because, you know, it, it seems these, these days, everybody wants just that. They, it, almost to the fact that people don't even want to do fertilizing or aerating. They just want mow and go, mow and go, mow and go. So what was it you, that made you want to go in the opposite direction of like, no, I want to do other stuff uh, versus that? You know, for me, some of it is just the fact that I I like to learn new things. I like to go out and experience these new things and see uh, where those things can take me. Uh, being an entrepreneur, I, I love looking at other businesses. And, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love lawn care. But mm-hmm. if there's a business out there that I see more profit, more ability to do things with less labor, less work, and a higher profit margin, I'm going to pursue that. Because mm-hmm. I, in, in whenever it's all said and done, I'm not a lawn care guy. I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So for me, that, that's the way I'm looking at those things. And, and with the skid steer, it's a question I get all the time. It's, you know, do you still have the skid steer business? I actually partnered with another guy to do that. Um, unfortunately, it didn't quite work out the way we planned. And uh, I wasn't available as much because I started taking on some hardscape and learning that hardscape. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were several times where he was out doing jobs and I couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just personally didn't feel like, you know, that was fair to him. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of went to him and talked to him about that. And I just told him, I was like, hey, this isn't fair to you. You're out there making all the money. I'm reaping the benefits. and and 
and you know, I could have been kind of a jerk and stuck with it and got a free paycheck, but it's not the kind of person I am. So Mm -hmm. I just told him, I was like, Hey, if you want to take the skid steer, keep doing your thing, you know, we already know you're making enough money to make the skid steer payment. So just run with it and let it be your thing. And I'm going to step away because I just don't think it's right for me to sit here and reap the benefits of your, of your labor kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. I actually walked away from that and let him take it over. And I mean, I still talk to him here and there. He's doing great. He still runs it all the time. He actually already upgraded to another skid steer uh, that's a little nicer than the one we had. So he traded that one off and bought a nicer one. And uh, he's actually been doing really good. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Now, you're like all about these uh, transitions and learning and 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 moving forward and and partnerships and and things and it's so cool to see because you're just uh, like you said it's the true definition of an entrepreneur um, just you know just trying different things and and seeing and it reminds you know me of uh, a lot of myself when I think back of every crazy thing that I've tried it's it's kind of like a you know let's see what sticks sort of thing right and it's the I remember talking to a, another business guy locally, a very successful business guy. And uh, I was talking to him about all the different things that I've done and tried and stuff. And, uh, you know, most people would look at me like saying, um, you know, you're just crazy. Like, why would you go through all that stuff? Or thing? But this guy was different. He understood it from an entrepreneurial point of view. And he looked at me and said, oh, you love the chase. You love the the whole process of it, of the building of company, of branding, of that starting from scratch and seeing where you can take it and all that. And I was like, yeah, this guy gets me. Right. It was like a thing. So I see a lot of that. I see a lot of that in you. Right. I've never really really thought about it that way, but I, I think you're right. I think that that's exciting to me. You know, I am on, I think like owning my fourth or fifth business at this point. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had businesses and shut them down and had yep. a business and gave it away. And, yeah, yeah. you know, and I still have the lawn care business. Uh, Blake Hawthorne and I have uh, gone in together and started another business, Turf and Tools. So yeah. it's it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So, yeah, it's a, I relate to you on so many levels on that because I see a lot of me in those things that you you try, right? And it's uh, it uh, basically gives my self confidence and going. I know I'm not crazy because other people are doing the same thing that I do, right? Just going. It's like that's what an entrepreneur is. Uh, you you try Absolutely. different things, always always modifying, always learning. Um, so with that, uh, you mentioned Blake uh, Hawthorne there from It's His Turf. And uh, it's an ironic or funny story uh, that um, because a lot of you guys or a lot of people would actually confuse the two of you, uh, the way you guys uh, look and stuff. It's, it's actually quite funny. It's almost like you guys are uh, brothers. Um, so you guys have developed a pretty special friendship uh, and that's turned into a partnership. Um, and, uh, you guys were mentoring each other at the same time, uh, with different topics. So maybe, uh, talk a little bit about how that whole uh, thing uh, developed. Yeah. I, we get it all the time about the brothers thing. It's, it's actually kind of funny. Just a quick little story, side story here. We were actually in Lowe's the other day and just picking up some materials for a job. And like, we're standing at the register and this lady like across the aisle, like looks at us and I kind of caught her eye that she was staring at us. 
And I kind of looked at her and she looks back at me and she was like, are y'all twins? <laughs> and I'm like, actually, we're not even related. <laughs> and she didn't believe me that we, uh, we weren't related. We, that, uh, my mom had, had both of us and like she had to choose one or the other. So she sent <laughs> him away for adoption <laughs> and, left, and, or, and kept me around. So, <laughs> you know, I just, I just tell him that stuff. Just gave him a hard time. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So like yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, uh, interesting experience us two together. Um, you know, we met at GIE, uh, I guess a little over a year ago now. And, okay. uh, we live like 40 minutes away. I mean, we kind of knew about each other, but we had mm -hmm. never really talked or met. And uh, finally got to really meet face-to-face -face there at GIE and talk a little bit. And it just kind of hit off from there. Uh, like you said, we just had that instant connection of kind of like brothers. Mm -hmm. And uh, came back home after GIE and we talked a little bit. He invited me over to his shop to uh, kind of see his business and ride along with him in the truck. And like, I was like, man, this is like that perfect opportunity to, you know, get some mentoring and learn mm -hmm. some stuff. Blake at that time had been in this business for um, 10 or 11 years at that point. So I knew there was a lot I could learn from this guy. So it was fun to get to come over here and uh, ride around in the truck with him, ask him all those questions and get that hands-on one-on-one time with him to learn a lot. And it's changed my business tremendously to have that opportunity. Very, very cool. I, I know uh, hearing uh, when you guys started, it was a sort of a, a mutual arrangement. Um, he was mentoring you on um, some business concepts and things um, that he had uh, learned and developed over time. And at the same time, uh, he was looking to you for mentorship uh, in social media and uh, in like YouTube and things like that. Um, so maybe um, speak a little bit about that sort of uh, dual mutual uh, arrangement that you guys had. Yeah, he he was at that point trying to build up his social media and uh, he has this passion of wanting to teach guys to give them the same opportunities that I had to come over here and ride around with him and ask him questions and learn from him. Uh, he has this deep passion to be able to teach guys about this. And, and I mean, the guy has, is so super transparent and he wants you to learn from all the mistakes he's made. So you're not mm -hmm. making those same mistakes. And it was like, he needed help getting that social media off the ground and I needed help in my business, which is exactly what he was wanting to teach. So I was just like, hey, I'll help you with your social media. You help me with my business. And we just kind of hit it off from there. And there was days I come over here and it was all about social media and helping him. And then there was days he came over with me over in my town and rode in the truck with me and mowed my yards with me and, you know, and helped me out with my business side of it. Oh, very, very cool. Um, one of the neat um, things that uh, I believe uh, that Blake was doing and that you participated in was uh, Stonemakers Academy, I think it was called. Um, so you guys were doing, um, it's, it's very unique. It's like um, concrete carving uh, stuff. So maybe talk about uh, a little bit about that because I think that's very intriguing uh, for people. 
Yeah, that was something that Blake was already into. He had been training with it for a long time. And kind of as I came into the picture and we became friends, he was transitioning from just being a stonemaker to being a stonemaker trainer. So he had the ability to teach uh, stonemakers at that point and allow guys to become stonemakers and be certified in it. Uh, it is a product that is a proprietary product that we use in the concrete. Uh, there's several other proprietary uh, chemicals that we use. Um, and you have to be trained and licensed to be able to use those through stonemakers. So uh, we actually just did another training just like a week ago. Uh, we had a guy come in and uh, go through the whole process of getting trained and being able to have access to those products. Uh, for me, it was like something different. Again, the entrepreneur side of me saw, you know, potential in that and mm -hmm. the fact that nobody else could do it and nobody else had the ability to do it. Uh, my only competition anywhere close to me was going to be Blake, mm -hmm. who's not really competition for me because I was knew I would be subcontracting him to do the work anyway. And, uh, so it just kind of worked out in my favor to the fact that he was right there and I could get this license to have, you know, my section of the state to be able to uh, sell these products. And yeah. uh, I just saw potential in the fact that there's a huge profit margin in this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be anywhere from, you know, 70 to 80% profit margin in the, mm -hmm. in the stone makers. Uh, it's a lot less work than, uh, you know, building walls with 80 pound blocks. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to, we're carving this stuff to look like natural stones, but you have a, a monolithic pour that has rebar in it, which makes the wall stronger than a block wall. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. Um, for those listening that don't or can't picture, uh, like you guys have been doing some fire pits and things like that, but um, that stonemaker's concept, um, I think was probably like if you sort of dig deep and stuff, I think it was uh, probably pioneered by uh, the Imagineers at Disneyland because you walk through Disneyland and that's basically stonemakers on a grand scale. Everything there is carved concrete. Uh, if you would go up to it and touch it and stuff, it's all, you know, all those different uh, rides and themes and stuff. Uh, there's carved concrete absolutely everywhere there. And that sort of takes it to that grand scale where it's sort of, like you said, uh, rebar and framed and stuff if you look at pictures of disneyland and themes in under construction that's what it is it's all rebar and base and uh, like uh chicken wire or that sort of stuff uh and then concrete put on top and then uh with some you know proprietary things to hold it together and then uh, it's carved and stuff over time and and then painted and stuff to look like you said really uh real it looks uh you know absolutely like natural uh waterfalls and and things like that and um the profit potential like you mentioned uh i can only imagine because you guys are doing um going into uh things like swimming pools now uh from uh, your social media so uh talk about uh that because that's a, a huge transition from going from uh you know like you said you've known blake um for about a year year and a half or so um and you went from 
mowing lawns to learning how to do some basic stonemaker fire pits and things like that to seeing you now working on swimming in ground swimming pools and, and that sort of <laughs> stuff. So it's just absolutely the, the amount of growth and knowledge that you've had this past year is just overwhelming. Um, so yeah. And I, I had true, Attributed a lot of that to Blake and the things that he's teach or he's taught me about this stuff. Uh, one of the biggest things I added to my business was uh, learning to do subcontracting, um, okay. learning, or I guess it would be learning to be the contractor and subcontracting okay. that work out. Uh, I did have to go get a license in my state. I am a licensed contractor in the state of okay, Arkansas. Cool. So I went through that whole process uh, a little over a year ago throughout the winter, uh, I went through that process to get my contractor's license. And uh, that way I was completely legitimate and all that. I had to change the insurance stuff. And um, so like doing that swimming pool, you know, I had to get, I had to go down to the city and I had to pull permits and you mm -hmm. have to have a contractor's license to pull those permits. So that was really my first time getting to like utilize the things that, I had put in place uh, mm -hmm. uh, over the winter to, to, to be able to do those kinds of jobs. And uh, don't get me wrong. It's been, it's been super scary. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I, I was just about just to ask like, you that. Sometimes you just, uh, I mean, uh, there's been some stressful days. Uh, you know, we, I have to deal with uh, inspectors, you know, mm -hmm. inspectors have to come in to the job sites and inspect it. And you got to be there and you got to go around with them. And uh, honestly, I, I failed an inspection and, you know, mm -hmm. it cost me a few days and I had to get the electrician back over there and we had to change some things. So it, it, it taught me a lot to do that swimming pool. And to be honest, I don't know if I want to continue doing jobs, you know, that are that big. Mm -hmm. Um, that one is close to a $50,000 job. Um, mm -hmm. they're hard. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of management that goes into a job that big and, and your money can get away from you very quickly with mm -hmm. the, those larger jobs, especially when you have delays, like, you know, he shut down the job site. We couldn't do anything on the job site until that was fixed. Mm -hmm. So our, and then we had to wait for the electrician to come back. So we had to wait a couple of days for him. And it, it just turns into like, you know, the bigger the job, the bigger the headaches. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. And I think that's one reason people really like to stick with that mowing as aspect of things mm -hmm. is, you know, there are headaches in mowing, but they're not big headaches, yeah. you know. <laughs> Susie over here mad because you cut her yard an inch too short or an inch shorter than what she wanted is a, you know, is a drop in the bucket compared yeah. to losing, you know, five or six grand because, mm -hmm. you know, a customer's not happy with something you did and you got to jackhammer it out. And, you know, mm. it, it, it's just there, there, there's the downsides to wanting to go that direction and go that big. So it's like I've learned over the last year, I kind of, my sweet spot is that 10 to $15,000 range on jobs. Okay. If I could stay in that, I can usually keep my margins really good okay. and uh, make some really good money. Mm -hmm. It's just once I get into that like 20 and above, um, sometimes it's really hard to uh, keep everything in line and not uh, lose your money here and there. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it would be very uh, stressful uh, to jump into a project that big. But the thing is, again, going back to being an entrepreneur, it's that itch that you have to scratch, right? You you see an opportunity like that, oh, yeah. and if you don't scratch it then it's always going to be nagging at you year after year after year after year. And, you know, doing it and going through that process is so valuable because whether you want to do it or not, just the learning experience of going, yeah, this isn't for me is great right. because now you're not wasting that, uh, you know, thought energy, your mind energy, uh, always thinking about that nagging uh, feeling that that's something that you should be pursuing because now you've done it and now you can focus your attention elsewhere and, uh, and, you know, do that sort of thing. Right. Um, again, yeah, just, I'm big on, I'm big on like, I don't want to look back on life and go, well, what if? Yeah, yeah. You know, what if I had tried that or what if I had done this? You know, and it's always been something that drives me because mm -hmm. it's like I I don't want to to miss out on that opportunity. So, uh what if drives me like mm -hmm. greatly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'm uh, that's uh, that's just uh, absolutely awesome. I love uh people who are on that same wavelength of uh, realizing that uh you know, everybody says life is short, but people don't follow through with what that actually means. And, you know, I've mentioned before on the podcast, um, you know, a thought that I've had in the past. And that's like, what if everybody that you saw walking around um, was like in some sort of video game and above their head was a countdown timer? showing how much time they had left. So if you could, if you knew exactly how much time you had left, what would change? And I guarantee you what you're doing today would change based on that. Not knowing oh, yeah. makes you complacent, makes you, you know, think about, oh, there's lots of time to do this or to, you know, go after that goal or whatever. When, you know, if you knew how much time it would set that urgency to go, life is really short. Like I only have this much time left and look, it's ticking away. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no going back here. Right. Um, so yeah, when I find people yeah. like you on that same wavelength, um, it makes it, uh, you know, uh, really uh, hit home. Um, so you and Blake, uh, just keep uh, sort of that, that uh, partnership going. Uh, you guys have launched this uh, new project together. Uh, called uh, Turf and Tools, um, which uh, you got a, a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, so maybe speak to that because there's like products happening uh, that people can sell. You guys are selling other products um, like racks and stuff. Uh, but then you're also offering uh, like training courses and things like that. So uh, maybe speak uh, to that. Okay. Uh, yeah, Turf and Tools was one of those things where uh, – Kind of what I was talking about earlier, the fact that I was able to go and ride in the truck and learn those things. And, you know, a year ago, I can remember telling Blake, man, I, I just know this information would help other people. And it's like, how do you how do you get that to them? Mm -hmm. And um, over the year, it kind of grew and grew. And 
it's kind of funny because I get asked all the time, do you work for it's his turf now? <laughs> and, uh, I'm always like, no, I still have fall river, you know, yeah, I still yeah. have my business and, and, and we are together a lot. So, uh, Blake does have, it's his turf and I still have fall river. And then we own the company, uh, turf and tools together. Uh, we okay. are 50% partners in that. So we even, even partnership going in with it, uh, we help each other manage our YouTube channels and our social media through that. Um, we also, like you said, we're doing some training camps. Uh, we just finished up one of those uh, about a week ago. Uh, that was our very first one. Uh, we had about, I think it was eight guys here, something okay. like that. Uh, we got huge amounts of feedback that it was like some of the best information they'd ever got. Uh, some cool. of the guys had gone to like, seminars and things mm -hmm. like that where you just sit and you talk and you or you don't even talk you just listen to people uh talk about their business and we wanted to make this a little different because we wanted it to be very hands-on so like mm -hmm. we got a van a 15 passenger van and we loaded all the guys up and we went out into the field and we went and looked at an HOA, POA property and showed them how to bid it. We played games out there. We had bid sheets for them. And we walked them through the process of bidding it. And we okay. made a game out of it as, hey, whoever gets the closest to the uh, actual bid and wins the bid, you know, wins a $25 gift card. Oh, so cool. it, it kind of challenged everybody to get out there and try that. And then we also went to a residential property and we walked it and we talked about, you know, an eight month contract versus a 12 month contract and how you could, you know, upsell this customer to a 12 month contract by taking care of things like pulling the weeds out of the bed, trimming the shrubs three times or more a year, you mm -hmm. know, and adding those extra things and making that levelized bill where they can, uh, pay one price 12 months out of the year. And then that gives you the ability as the uh, business owner to hire employees and pay them 12 months out of the year so that they're not out there. You know, you have this really good guy that you like, but you lay him off for three or four months out of the year. He ends up finding something else or whatever, and then you can't get him back. Well, to retain that, you've got to be able to pay these guys 12 months out of the year. And having those 12 month contracts is what's going to do that for you. So it's a lot of teaching that kind of stuff. Uh, we have documents on there that, uh, everything from our 12, eight month contracts, we have a subcontractor agreement on there. Um, we have the actual playbook, uh, which is something that Blake built over several years. And it mm -hmm. was originally designed for him to help teach his employees okay. uh, as we've gone through this last year of working with my company and building up my company uh, we kind of rewrote the book completely and uh, turned it into kind of a walkthrough of how and, and it's not only just to start a business it's not just for like the new guys first coming mm -hmm. in uh, right. I think a lot of guys that have been in the business for a while could utilize this information and make a few changes. Cause I mean, even Blake, he's been in this business for 11 years mm -hmm. and the last couple uh, weeks, he's called it this 30 day revamp. And he has just like dove back into his business 
and he's restructuring things, getting things back organized. And I think that's something a lot of guys need. They get mm-hmm. complacent in their business and they get in this routine and they're not growing at that point. They're, they're just so set in there in that rut that their mm-hmm. ends could really step up their game and get them rejuvenated. I know we had one guy there at the training that I felt like that was kind of why he was there was because okay. he was kind of stuck. He was burned out. He was ready to quit. Mm-hmm. And it was like he came out of this training camp and he was kind of rejuvenated, pumped up, ready to go back and, you know, start things over. And he's been in business for, I think he said seven or eight years, something like that. Okay. Yeah, very, very cool. That uh, is very common in lawn care uh, for guys to get uh, burnt out, uh, to hit the struggles. I've certainly gone through it uh, at least, uh, you know, two or three times uh, throughout uh, the years that I've been in business. Uh, And uh, yeah, you find something um, like that, like a a mentor, a program, uh, even, uh, you know, on a smaller level, a particular YouTuber or something that you may, uh, you know, just find commonality with. Uh, I know with me uh, originally uh, when I first sort of went through my first sort of uh, struggle mentally with my lawn care business and, and just thinking, Oh, you know, it's uh, maybe I'll do something different and you know, it's not as fun anymore and blah, blah, blah. And, and then that was the first time just out of the blue, I don't even know what I was searching for, but a Keith Kalfas video came up on YouTube and uh, I watched one of his early videos and that led to like binge watching the whole weekend of Keith Kalfas videos. And I was like, wow, like look at how excited this kid is basically about lawn care. And it, and it re reminded me why I loved lawn care and why I got into it in the first place and uh, got me all excited uh, all over again. Uh, So it's great that you guys offer something like that, that people can uh, go to and uh, basically uh, it's, and it's so unique because it's hands-on like you said, right? Right. Uh, Which uh, distinctly, uh, Blake Blake literally opens the door of it's his turf and invites people in. He is very transparent at these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the things that he may not talk about on YouTube, diving into his business just a little too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was answering those questions here whenever okay. they came up. He was very transparent with these guys. And, and I did the same thing. You know, It, it was kind of neat because there was this back and forth of Blake has this big business, multi-crews and mm-hmm. Uh, 15 employees and then I was the solo guy so like the solo guys that were here I could really relate to them and answer some of those questions and then Mm -hmm. Blake you know the guys that were here that ran crews you know he could they related to him a little more so it was this awesome dynamic whenever people were here and you know I mean (laughs) it doesn't just have to be the training camp we would love to have guys and more and more guys come to the training camp as we do them but uh, the playbook alone has just tons of information in it to uh, help you kind of, you know, get your business aligned the way it needs to be and Mm -hmm. uh, start making some real money. And I mean, it's what I've implemented in my business this last year. And, you know, you keep talking about all these changes and these things that I take on and go for. And a lot of it comes down to the playbook and implementing those uh, things in my business. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Very cool. One of the things I do want to mention about turfing tools is yep. we are uh, part of our mission is to give back. Okay. So we have committed that we're going to invest money back in the company to give back to guys. And uh, we have put together a truck and a trailer and mm-hmm. uh, some green touch racks. And we are literally giving that away. So these guys that come and they spend money on our website for every $10, they get an entry into the giveaway. And I mean, the reality of it is that's an expensive thing. So, I mean, we do mm-hmm. have to find a way to pay for that. And yeah. that's why we ask that, you know, the entries, you know, you spend 10 bucks and you got a chance to win a truck, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll spend $10 to win a truck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's definitely something I want guys to, to keep in mind is, uh, you know, you go over there, you get a document that you already need for your business and you get a chance to win a truck. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Um, I, I was going to mention or talk about the truck giveaway there. Uh, and also, um, <laughs> your, uh, you mentioned, uh, green touch, uh, racks there as well. So I noticed, uh, when I was on the turf and tools website that you guys are selling green touch, uh, racks as well. So, uh, how did that, uh, come about, uh, the decision to do, uh, uh I guess be basically a dealer for, uh, green touch, uh, uh racks. Uh, you know, I've used Green Touch Racks for several years now. Uh, I've worked with them quite a bit. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, the opportunity came along that they uh, would allow me to become a dealer. And Blake and I knew we were already designing this website to uh, to be able to sell these documents in the training camps and the playbook. And we felt like it was just kind of that perfect fit to add into the business and be able to... Uh, sell some more lawn care type products uh for these guys um right now uh as of the date we're recording this we do have a discount code going on uh for green touch racks it is the fall river 10 code i did bring that back uh you get 10 (laughs) percent off uh on any of your green touch racks not to sit here and plug sell 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 no that's fine uh, I, I just love, I love guys to be able to, uh, save money. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I go out and every time I'm going to buy something, I'm out there looking to try to find a discount code to, yeah. <laughs> to save $10 or 10% or yeah, whatever it may be. And it's like every opportunity I have to work with uh, these companies and offer that discount code to my followers or my audience. Uh, I love being able to do that. Awesome. Very, very cool. Um, so this past year, uh, we got to uh, connect a little bit uh, in person again since 2017. I think the first time uh, I met you in person was uh, at one of the Echo Means Business uh, meetings. Uh, and uh, then uh, again, I finally was able to make it out uh, to GIE for the first time and uh, got to chat with you and, and uh, you know, face to face in person. Uh, so that was uh, awesome. Uh, so talk a little bit about uh, GIE because I know you've been there um, a ton of times now. Uh, you've got some crazy stories from GIE having your truck stolen and, and things like that in the past um, in doing uh, some uh, crazy um, gags with uh, uh, top-notch uh, dressed incognito and things like that. It's always a, uh, uh, a big event for you, it seems like, when you go to GIE, something always going on and stuff. So what is it that you like 
about uh, GIE and, and what would you suggest to people that have never uh, been to that event? The thing that I enjoy the most about going to GIE is hanging out with like-minded people, uh, people that are in the lawn care business that get excited about it. And, um, you know, in, through social media, you make friends with other lawn care guys. It's just like mm -hmm. Brian over at Top Notch and I, uh, he and I uh, live seven hours apart. Uh, yeah. and it's not like we hang out every other day or anything, mm -hmm. you know, we see each other typically one time a year mm -hmm. and that's at GIE. So it's like, we have that time that we get to hang out and be around each other and have a little fun. And then I don't even remember how it came up that we were going to start doing gags at GIE, but we just probably just some stupid idea we came up with and we thought it would be funny you know and we we're like okay let's do it so mm -hmm. i mean it, this this past year was the first year that uh like things didn't quite work out the way uh brian and i planned and we weren't oh, able yeah. to like get together and stay in the same house and oh, yeah. uh, we didn't quite hang out as much uh he had his son there and uh so did uh uh, Randy over at Countryside, so yep. their kids kind of wanted to hang out together, so they kind of split a house and did all that, and I I hung out with some other guys and hung out with Blake, and um, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean that Brian and I aren't still good friends. I mean, we mm -hmm. still talk all the time, and uh, you know, business and stuff is busier, so we don't talk quite as much. Yeah. But, uh, but it's still fun to get to GIE and hang out with everybody. Uh, I mean, I've been there five years in a row at this point. Awesome. Um, other than like the new equipment coming out, uh, to be honest, GIE looks exactly the same every year. <laughs> um, so, it, it, so looking at the equipment stuff, I mean, yeah, I still go kind of hit some certain places. I'll pick out that I want to go check something out. But uh, the main reason I'm there is I just really want to go talk to people, hang out with people, mm -hmm. meet new people that are in this business. And yeah. that's kind of my main focus. And then, you know, with social media, I do work with companies and it gives me the opportunity to uh, see some of these people face to face and yes. talk to them face to face that I typically only talk to through email or text messages or mm -hmm. whatever. And uh, a lot of times I'll take that opportunity to kind of hit those booths and uh, talk to all those people as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very cool. So yeah, basically, and that's a common theme that I hear uh, from uh, people that I've asked uh, about uh, GIE. For me, my first year, it was overwhelming, um, all of the equipment and just the sheer magnitude and size of it. So I was walking around like a deer, you know, caught in the headlights sort of look and, and people would be looking at me going, first year i'm like yeah <laughs> they're like everybody looks everybody looks like that on their first year <laughs> and uh they're like yeah, it'll no. get better next year you'll know what you want to see and focus in on that right now you're just kind of like uh <laughs> walking around and stuff and, uh, oh yeah i, but, I uh, still remember those that, that that year that first year i came i felt the same way and it's like now it's like i i've been there five times and mm -hmm. i probably still haven't seen everything in there it's just yeah, yeah. every year it gets bigger there's more companies there mm. uh, they expanded a little farther and uh like i discover new areas of the gie every single year that i go that i'm like i didn't even know this was here and yeah, they're like yeah. yeah it's been here every year 
yeah. I, I'm five years in and I'm still discovering that stuff. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it's an interesting place. I, I mean, I feel like if you can budget your business to be able to get there, whether you can drive or you fly or whatever mm-hmm. you have to do, uh, if you can set that money aside throughout the year to be able to afford that in October, uh, I would definitely invest that. And it's a write-off for your company because it yeah. is a learning experience when you're there. Yeah. So you are training and learning while you're there. Yeah. So it's something you can write off in your business. So, I mean, utilize that and uh, get out there and learn from people, talk to people. And I'm not even talking about the YouTube guys and all that. I mean, mm-hmm. anybody there will anybody talk there. to you just yeah. about because they're not your competition. Yeah. You know, you're in a whole different state. And yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, like things for you are a lot different from me and your pricing is different than my pricing. But mm-hmm. whenever it comes down to structuring your business and the things that you've done that have worked will probably work in any other location as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Great advice. And it's, like I said, the common theme I hear from people, it's more about the uh, camaraderie and the, just the networking uh, with people and, and talking to other guys and stuff and is what their biggest thing. Yeah, the equipment's cool. It's cool seeing all the latest, greatest, newest stuff that comes out uh, and uh, and seeing stuff that you maybe uh, you know wouldn't have available in your part of town or your part of the country or stuff and seeing that all up close. Uh, but it's more about the people and those, uh, you know, uh, connections that you can make and, and, and friendships that you can build on throughout the year. You may find people that, uh, you know, you really connect with that you can then, you know, text back and forth or chat with throughout the year because they're in another part of the country. Like you said, they're not your competition and stuff. And you guys can have a mutual sort of uh, arrangement where you're kind of feeding off each other, motivating each other and, and, you know, that sort of stuff. So yeah, very, very cool. Uh, definitely, uh, you, you know, after my first year, I told my wife, the problem with me going to GIE is that I'm going to want to go every year after that. Like once I go once, I know that it's going to be like, I'm going to have to go every year. Right. So <laughs> it's one of yeah, those my, things. My wife goes ahead and she marks it off the calendar. She knows I'm going to be gone that third week of October, just about every year. Yeah. 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 Very, very cool. Um, so going back to those, uh, the gag uh, part a little bit uh, with GIE, um, you're very, uh, uh, very, anytime it seems like a good gag comes around, uh, it seems like you're game for it. And you and Blake have, uh, you know, pushed that limit well as well with uh, some of the, the past YouTube videos. Um, you know, one that uh, comes to mind, stands out uh, for me is the, uh, and it's perfect for this time of year. Uh, you know, and everybody should be getting their lawn care body workout in. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> go to the closet and find your uh, leotard and, uh, <laughs> and uh, any, any, anything stretchy <laughs> to put on fluorescent it, and stretchy. It's sad that Blake had that in his closet. <laughs> <laughs> So talk about, about uh, a bit about uh, what made you guys uh, do something like that. Cause it's, and not only that, I think the bigger question is how did you convince all of those people in the video to go along with, <laughs> to go along with uh, it? <laughs> it was not as hard as you think <laughs> to, to convince them to be, there was a couple guys that were, uh, uh, 
let's say they had some liquid courage yeah, <laughs> to uh, get on board with it. But uh, most of them were uh, game just from uh, selling them on the idea. But that all kind of came about because uh, someone, some buddy at one point left a uh, comment on one of my videos that told me I didn't have the body for lawn care. And uh, <laughs> more or less was calling me fat. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I told Blake about it and I was just kind of laughing about it. And we came up with this idea of that, um, yep. of the lawn care body, it being the lawn bod. You yeah, know, you yeah, got to yeah. have the lawn bod to get out there and <laughs> do this work. And uh, so from there, it just kind of became this joke. And then uh, a video idea came out of it. And the next thing I know, we got, 10 guys up here at the shop and we're clearing out an area and we got me on a camera, Justin on a camera and we're filming this thing. And then, uh, Justin and I edited that video together, but Justin and I edited that video together and like sitting there editing it, we edited for probably like four or five hours on that video. Mm -hmm. uh, we laughed and laughed and laughed <laughs> and there was so much just like randomness that we couldn't use. I was like, okay, I'm making another video for my channel and I'm going to have like all the bloopers. Yeah. So we do have the, like the main video on Blake's channel and then all the bloopers on my channel. So it yeah. was, it was an entertaining day. Yeah. And a lot of times we do these things just because it makes us laugh, yeah, you know? Yeah. And we wonder sometimes like, do we have a sense of humor that's a little off and nobody else thinks <laughs> we're funny but us? But we're still like we're doing it because we think it's funny yeah yeah yeah. no that's funny that's a, and that's an interesting story that it came out of a, a basically a, a comment uh for things like that and and the ironic thing about it is that the person who probably left the comment is probably like 300 pounds <laughs> you know it's like uh that sort of thing right because i'll get comments like that too i'll like i'll put a, a lawn care video out or or something like that and and, you know, I've had a comment in the past, like, um, you're lazy or something like that. And it's like, really? I'm lazy? Like, I run a lawn care business. I record all these podcasts and do these YouTube videos. I like working from morning till the time I go to bed. I'm the lazy. <laughs> like, are you kidding right, me? Right, right, so, right. So it's like, yeah. Hey, okay. I just want to thank the guy for uh, giving us such a great idea for a video that we thought was hilarious. So yeah, yeah. thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's, uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So just a lot of uh, crazy times in the past year, a lot of changes and stuff and a lot of growth, which is awesome to see. Um, so here I want to transition to since the last time we spoke, um, there's been some other uh, questions that I've added to that main uh, sort of interview topics that I do. And I just wanted to give you a chance to uh, answer some of these because they're, um, I think they're really uh, pertinent to people. Um, and uh, one of them is, what is a hidden pitfall with running a lawn care business uh, that you see prevents people from succeeding? Ooh. A hidden pitfall. Mm -hmm. uh, I was putting you on the spot. <laughs> probably, yeah. I'm, I'm just sitting, sitting here trying to think. I, I think one of the things that I had an issue with at the very beginning was, uh, and this is something we deal with in the playbook in our training camp, is identifying 
your client, the, the, oh, okay. the client that you want. Yes. Uh, and that was something I didn't really do at first. I, mm -hmm. I was very broad and I would do the high end yard, the low end yard, yeah. the commercial account, uh, anything come along mm -hmm. in your, you got to get whatever you can. But, uh, I would say quickly identify your client that you want. Uh, for me, it was a high-end client. I like there's a big high-end neighborhood that's literally yep. like three minutes from my house. I can leave my I can leave my driveway and be in my first yard in three minutes. And mm. to me, that was perfect. So yeah, yeah. that was kind of what I drew as my ideal client. And I've been trying to work very hard to build my client base in that high-end neighborhood. Okay. So I would definitely say that was kind of the pitfall at the very beginning was mm -hmm. not identifying the type of client that I was going to go after. Yeah. That's a great answer actually, because you see it all the time with people that are just starting out. They are so hungry and enthusiastic about starting their business that they don't think about that part of it. So they're literally taking anything and everything uh, that comes their way. Yeah. Um, Definitely and, learn to say no. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you were to start your lawn care business over again, what is one thing you would do differently? Thing I would do differently. Uh, well, that goes right along with what we just talked about. You okay. know, that identifying that client, I would say that was uh, that was a very important step for me last year whenever I got with Blake. Is okay. that uh, that identifying my my client base of where I want to be? Uh, the other thing I would say is pricing. Um, okay, you want to be competitive in your pricing, but you don't want to be that low ball pricing. Mm. I I look back on like some of the yards I did my first year for like thirty bucks. And now I wouldn't touch that yard for 55 or 60, you know, mm -hmm. the exact same yard. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I didn't realize my worth, what mm -hmm. I was worth, what my time was worth. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't realize what exactly it cost me to go out and do that job. So definitely knowing your numbers would probably be another one and knowing okay. your worth. Okay. That brings up a, another sort of a, thought or question there. What are your thoughts on, because you'll see this a lot too with guys starting out is that they'll go, they'll do a bid or quote for a property. And then the customer, it's almost like uh, a shark smelling blood in the water. The customer will like be circling around and, and, and sort of know that this person is new to the business or something. And they'll hit back with a, a can you do it for this much? price. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that? Uh, I mean, that goes back to knowing your worth, knowing mm -hmm. what it costs to do those jobs. If, uh, if you're, you know, building a flower bed or doing edging or doing mulch, you have to know what your overhead is to do that job. Uh, because you can't just let the customer dictate what you're going to charge. Uh, you, you really got to know your numbers and know what you're worth and uh, get out there and stand your ground. That's the biggest okay. thing. Just like I said earlier, uh, know when to say no. You know, okay. I, 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 had a, I had a job just the other day that uh, I bid it at like $6,800. It was doing some stamped concrete and 
the guy was like, uh, well, the top of my budget is 55. Can we do it for 55? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if we, what do you want to eliminate? You yeah. know, what do you want to take out of the job? We can get it to 55, but mm-hmm. you're not going to get everything that we talked about Yeah, yeah. because I can't afford the man, the manpower, the material and everything to get that job done. And we still make some money. Yeah. And I was just honest with him. I was like, Hey, if I can make money at it, I'll do it. And if I can't, I, I, I'll just tell you, I can't do it. And yeah. he stuck at 55 and wouldn't go up. And I literally just told him, there's no way I can't do it for that price. I won't make yeah. any money. It, it's not worth my time. Yeah. So I, I had to know when to say no. I mean, it's winter time. I, I, I hate to say no in winter time, yeah. but, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not just going to make money to pay guys to go work and me not make anything. So yeah, yeah. just knowing so, yeah. when to say no. Yeah, absolutely. It has to, has to make sense. In uh, the course of time of running your lawn care business, what do you think has been your biggest frustration? Uh, biggest frustration? Uh, probably be my customers sometimes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so just dealing with... That's okay. So just dealing with people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like you talked about, uh, uh, them kind of wanting to work you down on your price yeah, yeah. and wanting to get something for nothing. Uh, that's been very hard for me to deal with. Sometimes I've had customers complain and nitpick over very small things, especially with the mowing side and very quickly i started eliminating that stuff i was Mm. like i've i've had issues with stress in the past and uh, i've let that stress get overwhelming to me Mm -hmm. and i wasn't gonna allow myself to get back to that position so like i had a client one time that every time i would go mow his yard uh, i would get a text message from him saying hey i don't like this or i why didn't you do this or why Mm -hmm. wasn't this done and it was just like it, it drove me nuts because I had to like justify every single time, you know, why it was done this way. Yes, yes. And it, it just kind of got annoying to me. And it was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back was I went out and like I striped his yard and feed it in right yeah. to his walkway. I mean, it looked amazing. I was out there taking pictures. I was excited. Yeah. And I got the text message from him. And his text message said, oh, well, if you, if you can't do this job by yourself, maybe you need to hire employees. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I'm not going to let somebody else run my business and tell yeah. me what I need to do. And yeah, yeah. I eliminated that client. I, you know, I let him go. I was like, hey, if, you, if that's what you're looking for, hey, call this guy. He's mm-hmm. got crews, you know, yeah, yeah, to yeah. come in and take care of your yard. <laughs> And just quickly learning to eliminate that stuff and, you know, not let these people walk all over you and treat you like a lower class citizen because Mm -hmm. you're the lawn care guy. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I've had a similar situation that you actually reminded me of in that particular, but mine was um, the customer confronting me in in person face to face saying you know how come this is happening and and why is this and it was it was to do with um the rain uh, like the rain was happening um 
I was, I had to walk over one area to get to the next area. And, uh, you know, my footprints were showing in the lawn and they were peeved off like that. But this was the only spot because it was a gate that you could get through. And the downspout from their house was pouring the water onto the lawn in that spot. So it's like, it's not my fault. Like I can't do anything about where your water is diverted to. Right. And uh, she came out and, and uh, it was a unique situation because she had a gardener as well um, that just did like her fancy flowers and stuff like that. And he happened to be there. And uh, so she was like reaming me out over this. And uh, he was kind of like coming to my defense going, it's not his fault. Like the rain gutter is put in the water there. Like he can't walk around it. The whole property is fenced in. This is the only spot he can, you know, kind of walk through. And I just like nipped it in the bud. I said, there's an easy solution. I said, I don't have to mow your lawn anymore. If you're not happy, you can hire somebody yeah. else. And she basically be quiet and uh and uh, it's been 10 years now that i've had this client so it's like after that i've i've never heard a peep from her over it right it was like just you know stand your ground don't let them think like if it's just like you said don't let the stress get to you it's not worth it it's just lawn mowing it's just thing right and like i told her there's an easy solution if you're not happy that's fine then I'm sure you can find somebody else that'll make you happy uh, with that. Right. But I'm doing the best I can with the circumstances that I have. And this is clearly not a situation where it's my fault that I've done anything uh, uh, wrong, but uh, yeah, you got to have to, whether it's a text message or something like that, you got to nip it in the bud and not let that stress. Cause it'll eat you alive. <laughs> You'll be worried about it when you go to bed, thinking about it and all that stuff. And it can really cause a lot of uh, more damage than a lot of people know. Uh, that when you're letting stress eat away at you like that. Right. Um, so yeah, your, your health is uh, the most important and not letting that sort of stuff uh, take, uh, take its toll. Um, what is uh, one thing that people don't realize about running a lawn care business? Man, you didn't give me any heads up to think <laughs> about these. <laughs> Put you on so, the spot. Well, one thing that people, that people don't, don't realize. realize. Yeah. Cause everybody thinks it's, Oh, it's just lawn mowing. Right. Uh, I think the, the, the sort of the context of this question or how it came about is that, you know, when people think about lawn mowing, they can hire a fall river to do it, but they could also hire the neighborhood kid to come after school and mow it. Uh, they could hire the guy that's driving around in his old pickup truck uh, with his homeowner equipment in the back. They could hire the uh, firefighter that maybe mows lawns on you know his day off of work. There's this whole thing. So it gives this perception that lawn care, the business as a whole is simple, that it's easy. So you know, what is, what's a, something that people don't realize about that uh, in terms of, of actually doing this as your main income? Did that give you enough time uh, to think about uh, it? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you, you make a great point there with uh, that, that, you know, they don't, they don't realize the competition that's out there and the fact mm -hmm. that, um, I have to, you know, 
I have, this is everything I do is this, you know, this is mm-hmm. how I feed my family. Yep. And it's not that, you know, I'm doing it as a side hustle, you know, that mm-hmm. I have insurance and I have uh, licensing and all this that I do to, to be a legitimate business. Yeah. You know, that guy in the back of his truck typically doesn't have. Yes. Yes. So, uh, it's it, that, that's definitely something that I didn't think about coming into this business. And I still see it to this day. Every year I see all the new lawn care companies starting mm-hmm. up and it's like, I see them start and I'll see them around town a lot. And then slowly I don't see them anymore. And you know, they start falling off, but I would definitely agree with you that that is one of those unforeseen things whenever you're starting uh, a business like this. Okay. Um, so the last question that I usually ask people, uh, is one that I would have asked you in the original interview, but being as it's been three or four years, uh, since we talked last, uh, I want to see if your perspective has changed on that. Uh, and that is, um, share your best piece of advice with those wanting to start out in the business. But I want you to do this from a point of view that this is somebody that you know, somebody that you really like, and somebody that you would only want to see the best outcome for. So if they were to come up to you and say, hey, Kevin, thinking about starting a lawn care business, you know, I've been having a rough time with my current job or something like that, I want to get away from that, what would you tell them? Uh, I would tell them um, uh, to really evaluate it and uh, see what their market is like in their area, uh, Mm -hmm. see how saturated it is. Um, And then I would talk to them about the fact of what is your next step? You know, where, where is that all you want to do is just mow lawns. And if it is a saturated market, uh, how are you going to set yourself apart and specialize in something? Uh, whether it be fertilization and weed control or mm-hmm. like me jumping into stonemakers and learning the hardscapes, mm-hmm. um, finding that niche that uh, you can do that all these other guys aren't doing that sets you apart from those guys. Okay. Awesome. That's a great answer. I didn't even think about that, the sort of finding a niche part uh, about it, because that's a, an awesome way to, like you said, set yourself apart from everybody else. You can't control everybody else. You're never going to control everybody else. There's always going to be new companies coming along each and every year. Uh, Some will fade into the background. Some will start to take parts of your area by storm. But what can you do to set yourself apart, to make you special and make, you know, you the only one uh, that offers that particular uh, thing, the go-to guy for that uh, particular thing. So yeah, awesome, uh, awesome answer. Um, so if people want to uh, find out uh, more about uh, you, where can they find you? How can they uh, find uh, uh, turf and tools if they want to order racks or, uh, you know, uh, look at the playbook and things like that um, or uh, register for one of your guys' live uh, training events? Uh, how uh, do people do all that stuff? Uh, well, you can follow me on Instagram or YouTube. Uh, YouTube, it's Fall River Lawn Care. Instagram, it's Fall River LC. And then if you're interested in turf and tools, it's turf in the letter in tools.com. 
Uh, you can also get there by going to my Instagram and Turfing Tools actually has its own Instagram. So okay. we only have about 500 people following us. So we're trying to build it up. So if you want to go follow Turfing Tools uh, on Instagram, definitely go uh, hit that subscribe button. And cool. And that Turfing Tools website has all the information for the training as well as products and stuff. Absolutely. Everything's on there. Uh, right off the bat, you're going to see the giveaway truck the truck that we're giving away here in mm -hmm. uh, July. And then uh, from there, you can see apparel, uh, documents, training courses, and uh, our green touch racks. Awesome. So uh, thank you very much for uh, being a repeat guest on the show and uh, catching up uh, with the podcast audience uh, since the last time uh, we spoke. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on here again. I've, uh, I've enjoyed it. I enjoyed it last time. It was just as fun this time. So there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. Another fantastic interview episode with Kevin Frost from Fall River Lawn Care. I know you guys got a ton of value uh, from listening to Kevin talk about, uh, you know, his growth in his lawn care business, doing things like experimenting with, uh, you know, going from his small box trailer to the open trailer to the box truck, uh, learning all the trials and tribulations of that, um, you know, experimenting, getting out of his comfort zone of doing just lawns and and uh, doing the the dirt uh, business uh, with the driveways and the uh, uh, skid steer and then uh, going into more hardscaping stuff um, with the uh, stonemakers uh, to ultimately this year doing uh, that swimming pool build in ground swimming pool build uh, so you know absolutely uh, awesome uh, you know so much to learn there that uh, you know stepping out of your comfort zone experimenting seeing um, you know, it can be scary, uh, but it doesn't mean that you have to do things forever. Trying something once, trying it out, seeing what it's like, uh, and, you know, and ultimately, uh, you may learn that that's not for you and, uh, that, you know, uh, you're best off sticking with, uh, something else or going in a different direction. And that's okay. That's what being an entrepreneur is all about. So, so much value, uh, in that episode. Uh, I'm going to, of course, leave links in the podcast show notes to, uh, Fall River Lawn Care's Instagram and YouTube channel. Of course, make sure you, uh, go follow them there and, uh, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. I will, uh, leave a link to, uh, the Turf and Tools, uh, Instagram as well, uh, as well as the, uh, website if you guys want to check that out and, uh, get in, uh, on some uh, entries for that uh, truck that they're giving away all set up uh, with racks and stuff ready to uh, you know kick off a lawn care business or add to a lawn care business very very cool giveaway uh, they're giving away a truck how cool is that so just absolutely uh, awesome uh, so uh, that's it for this week guys here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business bye for now